tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world-governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Good morning, Swarm, and welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know who I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. There we go. Joining me across the table is my good friend and yours, Xavier Guerrero. What's up? How are you, bud? Good, good. Doing great. And then we on the ones and twos, you, to know him is to love him, Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard. What's happening, dude? How's it going? A lot of great things going on. First of all, uh, if you want to see me live, it looks like I may be at this point being in the Toledo, Ohio Funny Bone with Brian Callen, and that's May 28th through the 30th. And then I am going to be in Houston coming up. Uh, where else am I going to be? Houston, Dallas, you name it. We got Oklahoma City, Oklahoma Tacoma, City. Spokane. I mean. Yeah, dude, it's to my jam. So, and then on June 11th, uh, we have four shows. Myself, Eddie Bravo, Xavier Guerrero. We will be live with the return of the Tinfoil Hat Comedy Night. Finally, back in session. We are going to rock and roll, and we're going to shoot the whole thing, dude. We're going to shoot it. I think I'm going to shoot a special there. Shit, I think I'm going to have a camera up, shoot some stuff, and then put out. I got to get rid of some of this material. It's it's just, I've said it enough. It's ready to go. It's overbanked. It's time to go. So if you're in Houston, buy your ticket. So this is what we're going to do. Listen to this, guys. Johnny, you got to start coming doing some shows with us, but you got to get on stage. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was thinking about doing our version of Kill Tony for the podcast, Whereas people come up and pitch us their conspiracies. Okay. Oh, dude, that's a good. That's a good idea. Are dude. we gonna judge their conspiracies? Yeah, we'll they judge right their conspiracies. Okay. In a bucket too, where you just pick out of a random bucket. I mean, I don't want to. I mean, like, I, I'm gonna talk to Tony and see if because I want to do this all the time. Or what, and, and would would they say somebody had a UFO story? And we yeah. Could say like that, that. That's bullshit. Or well, I mean, that's Eddie could say it's bullshit. Yeah, I okay. mean, like that's what you come. You come up and you that's pitch idea, us dude. your your conspiracy. That's a good idea. So it's kind of like Kill Tony meets Skank Tank. Skank Tank. What is Skank Tank? Shark Tank. No, well, that's my version of Skank Tank. Skank is that what you're gonna call it? Skank Tank. Should I call it Skank Tank? I think Skank might not be the best for the algorithm. Yeah, apparently women don't like to be called Skanks. Uh, But you come up and you pitch us your conspiracy, and we do it, and we have fun with it. You know, and just have you know, just kind of mix it up, do something different. Because I want to do a straight podcast after we just rocked. Just have fun. Because there's two shows. There's going to be two shows. Earlier show stand up. Second show is going to be our our uh, cons- picture conspiracy. That'd be a hell show. of a live podcast. For What's sure. that? That'd be a hell of a live podcast to do a live live show. Yeah. That, so man. that's what we're doing. Buy your tickets now to those. Those are available at samtriplee.com or secretgrouptx.com as well. Grab those and come see me. In Toledo, if I go with uh, Brian Callen, which looks like it is happening right now. So, guys, 
a lot of you guys keep asking me what's going on with Tim Fall Hat and all that stuff. Again, Tim Fall Hat, you always be able to get for free. Uh, I'm thinking about starting a premium um, 24-hour radio show on samtriply.com where you get all my all my shows on a 24-hour loop. You can tune into each each uh, channel. Oh, I should DJ that. That would be fun. Yeah, welcome. Hey, oh, hey right. Shani Woodard. One of, one of this my goes favorites out from 2009. All you werewolves out there, you know? Oh, <laughs> uh, Werewolf and I should put old naughty shows on there, huh? Dude, yeah, yeah, at night, like late at night for the creeps. Yeah, let's do it with with Gareth and oh, Vicky and Jason Tebow. That you got to let me do live call in like after midnight. After midnight, welcome to the radio show. It's after midnight, <laughs> but uh, so that's what what's going on with that. But if you want premium content, whether it's Tim Fall Hat Premium, uh, Zero, the greatest of all time, we don't smoke the same. Uh, Conspiracy Social Club, all of that is available on Rockfin, R-O-K-F-I-N.com. Sign up, subscribe, and you guys don't just get our all of our content, you also get uh, anybody's on there. You can listen to anybody on there's premium content. That's all you got to do. And uh, we got people. I, 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 you know, I've been made head of uh, comedy there of comedy development, and I'm bringing in the savages. So every every week, a new a new favorite comic will be on there. Rockfin.com slash Broken Simulation. If you want to check that out, yeah, you go can get the early versions and the unedited versions of our. And if you don't go to We Just Smoke the Same, we're actually giving away a Nintendo Switch. So stay tuned. Oh, sh- a Nintendo yeah. Switch. Yeah, we're giving one away. What does that mean? What's a switch? Uh, like a Nintendo, like a Game GameCube, Game Boy. Yeah, you're, you're old. It's it's a new console. That was so yeah. rude, right, Johnny? Bro. You know Johnny. That you know was so of course I do. Rude. <laughs> they were hard to get their hands on at the beginning. You're you get your hands old. on the beginning of the pandemic, man. You could not. Find I'm a and, human being. Or love no more. Yes, ages. MXG. Come on. Yeah. God damn it, dude. It's a so, Nintendo. You know. So support us. Support the shows, and uh, I'm always support us. The better stuff we're gonna do, man. I got a lot of stuff going on that I'm very interested in working in. I think I'm gonna go build an even better studio. I'm thinking about that. That's on there. Just. Because I think half these guys, just their shiny object. Now, this studio looks amazing. I'm not saying I'm going to mess with this, but I just want to try to do a couple other things and mix it up. So that's a big thing I want to work on. That's it because you got so much money from Cash Daddies? I wish. (laughs) Another thing, I I have a ton of free content, too. You guys can watch it all. You can watch it all at samtriply.com. Cash Daddies, Punch Drunk, Broken Sim, uh, what else is on there, dude? I mean, everything is Union there. Union of the Unwanted. Union of the Zero. Unwanted. M- both my specials. All the free stuff. Yeah, YouTube. And, and, and also, Broken Sim is still posted to YouTube, too. Yeah, it's all there, dude. Sam Tripoli. You can watch all my content in one place at samtriply.com. So go check it out. And, uh, and like I said, Tim Fall Hat will always be free. It will always be free. You'll be able to listen to it somewhere, somewhere for free. I'll, and watch it for free all the time. And it's all there at samtriply.com. And we got new shirts coming out, too. So stay tuned on yeah, that. Yeah, I got a couple new ones. What's that? Sh- I, I've never seen that shirt you have on. I really like that. Was, is that an old one? We don't go. Yeah. I, I like that shirt, dude. That's cool. They still sell that? I'm about yeah. to check. I think... I- yeah, dude, yeah of course there. they do. I've been taking on the road, yeah, dude. Right yeah, I dig that, dude. I'm I, I, I have this wonderful... I wonder um, if I could get one sh- for free. Shape-shifting <laughs> Jesus shirt made by this large-breasted uh, Australian mother. Oh, okay? I know her. Yeah. So, okay. Real large-breasted. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
So um, you, that shirt's coming out, and I have a couple others that I'm so coming many out. Good shirts. And we're also going to be uh, working on our beer. We've uh, talked to them. That's they, so good, man. They want to make our beer, and we're going to have beer, and I'm going to make a, uh, a digital currency, and I'm going to do all that stuff. And, uh, you'll, you know, because um, I know it's really hard to find – entertainment and, and, and vibe with your tribe in these days so that's kind of what the show's about and i hope you guys are uh, are enjoying what we're doing because we're busting our humps if you want to buy a t-shirt you need to go to sam com or go to uh tinfoilhattshirts.com that's tinfoilhattshirts.com everything's there the disney shirts Oh, I shouldn't have said that, but uh, the Disney shirts, and uh, we, you know, we go deep, homeboy, and I got a couple of them, man. Shape shifting Jesus shirts coming, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So I hope uh, you guys are enjoying it. We love doing it. We have a very interesting show for you today. Yes. Uh, today's show is, as you know, uh, we're very anti pedophile on this show. We've talked about Big it a time. lot, and uh, Johnny and I ha- have over time. Been going back and forth on Woody Allen. Yeah. And uh, so Johnny had this guy that came on and did a real deep dive on the whole Woody Allen case. And I think if you're open-minded to just hear what he has to say, uh, it's it's pretty eye-opening. Uh, again, there's this is an interesting conversation. I just want everybody to know that we are – I support, you know, victims. I support supporting them, Okay being behind them, standing with them, okay? But I also think that false allegations hurt everybody, all right? So if there's a false allegation out there, we have to hear about it. To me, it's not even just that. We're talking about the accuser in this case, and he'll get into it to a degree, not as much as maybe I would have, but the accuser in this case is somebody with some dark connections and, and if you're a woman just know dude we're we're pro women okay this isn't anti-women yeah, for sure but we you know you have to have a legit and i already know i'm gonna be hearing from a couple of you and i can already picture who it is and just know this is like let's have a real discussion question everything okay including what i believe and i believed for the most part before before this conversation that woody was 100 guilty i think you need to hear this what this guy has to say and then we'll go on from there, okay? But you got to question everything, even narratives that make you uncomfortable. And that's the whole point. So uh, please enjoy this conversation we have. What's the gentleman's name? Uh, Rick Morley. With Rick Morley. Uh, well, his, uh, all of his uh, YouTube stuff is linked below. Uh, enjoy it. Listen. Thank you. Drink. All right, so let's get into it. So, you know, on this show, I always say question everything, right? That's what I always say. And I always say you should question everything I think as well. And I'm not only here to hear people say things I agree with, even though I tend to like them more. Um, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. So I'm very excited to have this guest on. This is a Johnny Woodard classic right here. Johnny and I have been debating all the time on whether Woody Allen is guilty of what he is accused of. I believe that Woody Allen has done that. Now, Johnny does not believe that. And he's been very, very adamant in our conversations, in our tweets, that he thinks this has all been a uh, a basic uh, yeah. con job. I We've been all conned by a group of people to believe that Woody Allen is a uh, predator scumbag. Right, Johnny? 
More likely than not. Yeah, that's what I believe. What does that mean? More? I, I can never know for certain anything. You know, I, I'm totally. Well, I mean, like, it. no, I listen, dude. The truth of the matter is, like, if you really look at anything anybody did behind closed doors, we could all come off oh, as yeah. scumbags. But what we're talking about is t- is Woody Allen a child predator? Yeah, and I don't. I don't and we don't that. agree with that. So, Johnny, I'm going to give you a moment to introduce our guest okay. because you said I, I, there's a guy who's done a ton yeah. of research. Let's have him on. Ton of research. A ton of research. So, uh, let's. Why don't you introduce him? Give him the proper introduction. Sure. Uh, our guest today is the, uh, a gentleman called Rick Worley. He produced a an hours long video on YouTube that breaks down a part in part the allegations against Woody Allen and also uh, in the light of this. Allen versus Pharaoh documentary put out by HBO addresses some of those accusations as well, and that's kind of why, why I think he's on here today because we both watched that. I, I, did you finish it? Uh, I oh, of course I finished. Yeah, okay. It. And I mean, the, I mean that that documentary first of all is the okay. Oh, before we get into pinata, that, and okay, I think Rick is going to poke some holes. Let's in that get for into us that. First of all, I love that you said that he is a gentleman called that. Uh, Please welcome. Uh, he's a yeah, his yeah. name. Our gentleman caller. Yeah. What Rick is Orland. what is he? A fucking robot? <laughs> this is a five five four nine model. We call him Timmy. So please welcome this uh, to the show, British, Rick Worley. How are you, brother? What's up, Rick? I, I'm I'm good. Th- thanks for having me, uh, Rick. I appreciate you uh, coming on the show and joining us. Uh, let's let's start from this uh, again. Johnny and I have been having a lot hmm. of debate about uh, Woody Allen. I believe he is a, in fact, child predator. Now, what's interesting is like I've been very vocal about some of my friends being accused of stuff that I don't think adds up to what the media and everybody's been saying. So that's why I would do a show like that because maybe I'm emotionally uh, too attached to a certain narrative that I can't see the forest from the trees, right? So... Or the trees from the forest, whichever, whichever. Forest way. from the trees. Forest from the trees. So I, I would love to. Ha- I'm very excited about having this discussion. So for those who don't know you uh, and who uh, this man called Rick Worley, uh, can you ex- tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, kind of what led you to do this project that you did? Uh, well, yeah, you were asking me how to introduce myself. I mean, I'm a, I'm a writer and cartoonist, and I do comic books. I had a YouTube channel where I wanted to talk about art and movies and things. And I made the Woody Allen video because at this point you can't really talk about uh, Woody Allen without stumbling into this whole, you know, the controversy and the giant 30 years of drama. So, I mean, I, I just made it – my interest from him started out as an interest in his movies. Um, and then I, you know, my other videos are about totally different things, but this is, it's, it's an interesting topic. I think it's just, it's interesting to talk about. What is the name of your YouTube channel? So our listeners can find it. Uh, it's just my name, Rick Worley. Okay. All right. Yeah. R-I-C-K-W-O-R-L-E-Y. All right. Well, we will include those in the links okay guys i want to tell you about our friends at wine.com that's right wine.com how many times you've been at the store and you just see this wall of wine and you're like what do i do where do i go can i turn to anybody well yeah you can dude our friends at wine.com it is the premium website for all you wine connoisseurs okay 
This is it, man. Here's the thing. You go to wine.com. You don't do a minimum purchase. Order one bottle or order 100 bottles. Shipping's free, okay? Learn, explore, purchase all from the comfort of your home on your time without the need to stand in the wine aisle for lengthy periods of time trying to make sense of label after label after label. Johnny, you love drinking wine with your girlfriend's mom, right? Yeah, yeah my girlfriend loves uh, wine with dinner. Yeah, she's... She's on to wine.com now, though, too, because just got tired of, you know, being in these packed aisles in the grocery store, yeah, you know, and you reaching just, over people trying to grab stuff. Yeah, it's just which one's it's the a, best. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. OK, here's the thing, dude. Whether you're a novice or an expert, live chat with wine experts to help you find the perfect bottle for every occasion. OK. I mean, dude, this—it's the only site that offers free professional ratings and taste notes. Okay, no minimum purchase. Again, order a bottle, hundred bottles, whatever. Shipping is free, unlimited free shipping with memberships. Eliminate worry from about shipping costs with a stewardship. Okay, for only forty-nine dollars a year, Wine.com offers unlimited free shipping to any address when you sign up for their stewardship membership. Okay, so here's what you guys got to do, man. Go to wine.com slash tinfoil and get the $50 off your first order, okay? Terms apply. If you love wine, there's no better place to go than wine.com. What made you go? To, now, you're obviously a Woody Allen fan. Johnny is a giant Woody Allen fan. And as a nerd dork, he that is like his messiah, his his leader. Okay, so his brand was being attacked, and he got upset with it, right? Because you know Woody Allen, kind of like what Judd Apatow, you know, kind of pushed forward was the nerd guy getting the complete utter smoke show. Okay, right? let's not pretend though that he's not the hero of guys like Chris Rock. You know, he had a massive influence on comedy. Louis C.K. I mean, he's the hero of a lot of comedians. That okay, I'm not going to take that away. So is Bill Cosby. I, but <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I, I understand yeah, what you're saying. Like he extent. he has a lot of far and wide influence, not just, not just over nerd, nerd dorks, dorks yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. but uh, over pop culture for the longest time. Yeah, precisely. Well, that. but I mean, just to, as far as the separate the art from the artist thing, I. I, I don't really believe I don't have a problem watching art by people that are bad people. If he was if he, if I thought he was guilty, he would still would have made you know two dozen brilliant movies that I love. So I mean I'm not I, I wouldn't just come down that he's innocent just because I love him or I love his work. But that is the conclusion that just from from being into him for so long and following the story as it's been in the news for 25 years, um, that is, I think, the conclusion that you'll eventually come to. If you, uh, it's just that it's such an endless thing. This this would be a whole story. It's like you have 28 years of drama, and it's a lot of people. You know, there, there's no way for them to know all of that unless you've been following it as it happens. And I think Alan V. Farrell really takes advantage of the fact that almost nobody's going to know all the twists and turns of you know, 30 years of all this crazy drama with Woody's family and the Pharaoh's family and, you know, dozens of people involved, you know, so that's, um, I think that the, the, there's kind of two separate issues with the whole thing is that the actual question of did the attic incident occur? Did he, did he molest Dylan in the attic? 
That's one thing. And if you want, I can prove to you in two minutes that that never happened. Well, we got an hour to go. Let's not just knock that off. And then (laughs) we got to spend the whole day. I can save that. Okay. But but let's start from the beginning. After after you get that out of the way, then there's the 30 years of other stuff to talk about. There's, you know, you could talk about it for 10 hours. So we won't run out of material. (laughs) I understand that. But so, so this, so how, so this, this doc comes out on HBO. I thought it was pretty well done. Johnny instantly tells me he thinks it's full chock full of problems. And one thing he said mm-hmm. is that the 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 producers or the directors of the doc have been loose with other docs in the past to the point, right? And if I'm wrong, Johnny, they had HBO, I think had to come out or a certain channel had to come out and either oh, it was the Rolling Stone magazine, right? They had to kind of come out and and uh, basically say that there there was things in here that weren't accurate. Is that am I wrong on that? I know that they had to do either Rolling Stones or HBO had to do a walk back allegedly to on an article they wrote or a story that they did. Well, not, it's happened. Yeah. It's, it's happened Please, with right. multiple projects that they've been in. There, they did a campus rape documentary, Hunting yes. Ground. That 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 turned out to be almost complete bullshit some people have come forward with endless problems with that they did another project with oprah and oprah dropped out because she felt that they weren't properly sourcing oprah um, yeah oprah who is shady as fuck too- as well right right oprah said that this is too tabloid for me so you know that, that should tell you something but um i mean there's there's an email that links a few months ago from the producers on their projects and the producer was emailing uh, somebody they were trying to get an interview from and the producer said um I'm paraphrasing, but I can get you the exact thing. But she she said, you know, uh, we're not journalists, we're advocates. So don't worry, we don't feel the need to tell both sides and we don't feel we won't ask you any uncomfortable questions. That's Uh-oh. almost verbatim. The, that that's she just came out. She said, Don't worry, we're not journalists. This is activism. It's not journalism. And, I have you know, a real so problem. That's the with people that. that are working on this. I have a real problem with that. And I see right, my yeah. friends going through this, like when they presented the stuff on Crystalia, right? They presented 40 fucking victims, right? And then when you went through each one of these, 38 of them are over the age of 18, well into their 20s. Right. And that just became, right. he was a meanie, meaning that like they knew he wanted dick. I mean, he, they, they knew he wanted to drop some dick or he banged them and they, they didn't get married and they were angry about it. Right. So now they were weaponizing being a meanie. So now you get down to two girls. Okay. Two girls say that he approached them underage and then they doctored the evidence and nobody talked about that after, after that, I'm like, why are we still discussing this? But nobody cares. Cause after that they go for grooming, which like he says, what is grooming? If you wait till she's overage. Right? I mean, it's, it just becomes, and it's just like, I understand because it's like the sensitivity, like rape is 100% disgusting and wrong, right? I mean, I have never raped anybody because I don't like raping people. I like, I like the pursuit having, and when a girl has sex with you, you're like, oh my, I can't believe she's having sex with me. Like, <laughs> it's almost better than the sex. I gotta be like honest the chase, with you. the chase. The chase is almost yeah. better than the sex itself, right? I don't understand why you want to shortcut that. It's so ridiculously stupid to me. But, you know, there are guys who do this, and there are, there are times, let's face it, where women had sex with somebody later on, they regret it, right? 
They're like, ah, oh, f- I fucked that fat fuck, yeah, right? Probably, basically every time. Right? <laughs> I've had like, sex oh, in my I life. Fuck <laughs> that fat fuck. And then, but you know, in society, because I've said this before, women make the rules of society, men make the rules of business. And women would love to sync up together when it's this push against men in this belief that they've been, you know, subjugated for uh, thousands of years, right? And that they, that they're just been second class, which is the, the 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 most bullshit in the world. Women and their white knight allies too. You know, I mean, it's this whole class well, of guys. I, well, that's... like women hate women until it comes to men, and then they're like, okay, the the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, but right? I, the problem now too, there's a whole bunch of men that are happy to join that fight too, like. Yeah, and those guys are called here. male feminists, yeah. or better known as rapists. Am yeah. I right, everybody? Have you ever met a male feminist <laughs> oh, that like didn't just like come on, give it to me after behind closed doors? This is Sam speaking, not our guest. So he's like, dude, what show am I on right now? But the point is, so these girls sync up on this stuff, and I even saw it with a lot of female comics in LA, in particular the comedy store, the way they were just going after Crystalia. It's like that dude has one probably dick down all of you. And you're really mad at it. Or you it. wanted it. Yeah. Or you wanted it, he didn't give it to you. And on top of that, if you're at the comedy store, he's he's taking the same check you are when they're all there to see him. And you can't even give him a minute to fucking defend himself. And they all sync up, and they're all talking about predators all the time. And, and one, one more thing, that, and I'll, I'll let Rick talk. I'll get off my soapbox. But the, the notion that, like, I did an open mic, and the guy said, uh, if I sucked his dick, he would give me five minutes. Well, uh, I did a show. I tried to get on a show one time, and the guy said, you're not funny. I'm not going to book you. He didn't give me an option to suck his dick. <laughs> that wasn't even on the table, okay? So, like, I mean, like, this this thing where it's like, it's just not given to you. Are there predators out there? 100%. And when they're out there, let's fucking take these scumbags out. But it's like this notion that now being a meanie, okay, it's like, as much as I hate Andrew Cuomo, right? The guy, they're like unwanted sexual advances. That's literally 95% yeah. of the time guys <laughs> sling it at chicks, yeah. right? Am I wrong? Yeah. Rick's like, oh, why did I come up? Well, I mean, that? whatever happened to just the presumption of innocence? I'm, that's a nice tenet that we used to follow in, in, in most cases. I like, just complete, again, with these young kids not knowing any history, there is literally a, a fucking. Just notebooks, uh, just records of false accusations by women, particularly white women, of sexual assaults that never happened. So you just, I mean, you got to support the victims, but you also can't get the pitchforks and and torches out. You have to give it its time, man. And it's like like the notion that like a victim should not have their name out, which I don't think they should. But why should the guy automatically have his name out? How about nobody gets their name out until we decide well, what's going that's on? That's what the problem is with these extrajudicial lynch mobs because they, some of these things wouldn't hold up in court. So the only way they have to attack the person is in the court of public opinion, and that's by naming them. Or like litigation, like suing now. Like it's yeah. not even that you go to court and defend yourself. Now you get, you get dragged into a lawsuit where, where, the, where like conviction is like a lot easier. So – that's why I want to say, like, I, I, I would be a real hypocrite, Rick, if I didn't hear, hear your, what you've discovered. And I would like to hear it because I have, in fact, based on what I've watched, convicted somebody in my mind. Well, and that's a good 
question, uh, why didn't the Woody Allen case ever go to court if it actually happened? And why doesn't it, it's still, uh, Dylan Farrow still has, I think, eight more years in Connecticut that she could take Woody Allen to civil court um, if she actually thought that he did this or if she could in any way prove that he did it. Uh, but the difference is the court of public opinion is a, is a lot easier to get a conviction because this has been through the legal system. This is this has been through the legal system to an extent that uh, if she didn't have a family full of famous people, it would be absolutely insane the amount of time and money that the police departments in two separate states put into investigating this. This was this was investigated to a crazy degree, you know. So out of all the Pharaoh things that they say, the idea that they were somehow ignored or dismissed is is the craziest thing that they say. It's nuts if you, if you actually go into the history of the investigations. All right, guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Helix, man. You know what? Most of your life you spend sleeping. And some of you guys don't even think about your mattress. You just lay down and you deal with it. Okay, stop it. There's a solution out there, and it's our friends at Helix. That's right. Johnny, do you have a Helix mattress? I do. I do. Yeah, I love it. Helix Sleep is the best, man. I got it. I have two of them. I have two of them, and they're both great. You know, I sleep in certain ways. Johnny, what do you sleep? I think you sleep yeah, what? I'm a, I'm a side. Knees side. by your head, right? <laughs> yeah, is that a, how you sleep? I'm a side back sleeper, yeah. Yeah, well, how do you sleep, Xavier? On my side. On your, I'm Straight a slide side. sleeper, too. I definitely go fetal position sideways. <laughs> That's how I sleep. And, of course, my dog gets, bam, right in the corner. So I have no room. I pay for everything. I have no room. But guess what? I have a giant bed, so I don't care because Helix is taking care of me, man. It is very important. Whether You, you know, dude, I used to have a really junk bed, and I just got me the too. worst sleep, dude. And thanks to Helix, I sleep on clouds, okay? And how the Helix know what I want? Because they have a wonderful, wonderful Quiz Johnny took it, passed yep. it with A's. Okay, I passed it, and I realized I. What kind of mattress do you have? Only quiz you ever passed. Yeah, it is true. <laughs> it is true. That's that's true. I I like firm and a little soft at the same time. Yeah, that's what I got too. I got the one that's kind of midway soft. Yeah, you take a quick. It's a two minute sleep quiz. I'm taking mean, it right it now. Takes even less than that. Look at it, he's taking it right taking now, it dude. Right now, and dude. it was simple, easy, fast. And the best part is, you don't even have to go to the store with the. Have you heard about these mattress stores and what they they're thinking? They're fronts for uh, some dude. shady shit. Not no, Helix. No. Not Helix sleep. And they'll rip you off. That's the shadiest thing of all that they do. Maybe it's just ripping people off left and right. Yeah, not Helix sleep. They take care of you because they're honest people i've met them they're good people and i love them okay so if you're looking for a mattress take a quiz you order the mattress that you're matched to and the mattress comes right to your door ship for free you don't even need to go to the master store fuck the mattress store you can go online and take care of this with our good friends at helix sleep okay so this is what you're gonna do just go to helix sleep dot com slash tinfoil take their two minute sleep quiz I'm okay done i'm done he's done he's in he's out he's already got another one coming i'm okay? buying it right now he's buying it right now it's if xavier could do it we can all do it okay <laughs> this is all you do you go to sleep helixsleep.com slash tinfoil and take their two minute quiz and they will match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life and guess what they have a 10-year warranty and you'll get it uh, you get to try it out for a hundred nights for a, on a mattress that you sleep on a hundred nights. nights making love on a mattress and this is how much they care for you they'll take back your love man they, they know you're gonna love it dude every night hitting it hitting it hitting it and then you're like guess what i don't want it i want it. guess what it's never happened in the history of time okay 
You should gonna... make better love on a Helix mattress. That's yeah. all I know. Better love, okay? Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners at helixsleep.com slash timfoam, okay? Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash timfoam. Come on, you deserve to sleep well. Well, let's do that. Let's get into some of the things that you, because I got some notes from you, some of the things that you felt that are facts that, let's go into the what the facts that you think the doc got wrong, and then the facts that you think were included. I don't remember which questions I, I gave you, but um, the facts that the documentary got wrong, I mean, that's that's a... It's, it's virtually everything. It's more that they, they lie by the sin of omission constantly. I mean, because there's, there's so many. Th- I, I've read a lot of the tra- transcripts from the custody hearing, and they quote from the transcripts. So they have the transcripts, and the things that they just choose not to mention are pretty incredible. I mean, if you actually sit there and read uh, Mia Farrow's testimony and the testimony of the people that were on Mia Farrow's defense, um, it's 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 really it's kind of funny it's it's like a clown show because they they can't keep their story straight from one minute to the next everything is five different versions you know and then then the woody's lawyers will bring up mia will say something and they'll bring up that she said the opposite thing an hour ago and she'll be like oh i guess you know it's just it's like it's like they all agreed to lie but they didn't even bother to come up with what the lie was i mean it's it's really over the top how how crappy their story is and the people making Alan V. Farrow have these transcripts and just chose to not share any of this with the audience, you know, for obvious reasons. But, um, you know, there, there's the, the, I mean, for, for one thing, for one example, they, Woody Allen's car, his, his car that he took to the house in Connecticut on that day, he had a record from the driver showing when they left New York and he had phone records showing their, when he was on the the car phone. So we know when Woody was in the car, we know when Woody got to Connecticut by the testimony of Mia Farrow and Mia Farrow's witnesses. Um, Woody got to the house less than 20 minutes after Mia Farrow got to the house. It's possible Mia Farrow even got to the house after Woody Allen got to the house. But the entire story that Mia Farrow has is that um, not only did they say first he came in, he was in the TV room with the kids. He sat with Dylan. They tell a story about he had his face in Dylan's lap. And then they say he disappeared for 20 minutes, went to the attic, and then blah, blah, blah. You know, they, they've got this elaborate story that would take a minimum of an hour. And we know it's just a fact. There, there's documents that show he wasn't at the house for long enough for any of that to happen. And then Mia Farrow says, oh, then after that, she came home and she found Dylan and Dylan didn't have her underwear. So she's saying she came home after this like hour and a half worth of events that she's laid out. It just didn't happen. It just didn't. There's, there's, you know, there's data, there's records, there's proof. And the people making this Alan B. Farrow show had this, they, they knew this, but it's not in the show, you know? So that that's the way that these people roll when they're making this, okay. this documentary. Okay. So one thing that they talk about, uh, and we'll we'll get into that. So one thing they talk about, and Giant brings it up, 
Woody is is not Soon Lee's step uh, adoptive father. Am I wrong on that, or is that true? <laughs> no, no, he's not even close. And then this is what I'm talking about too. That it's like you know the the actual allegation is a simple thing, but then the, the whole family drama around it is, is really hard to understand. Mia Farrow has 14 adopted kids. Um, the ones that she adopted before she met Woody Allen, she adopted Suni before she met Woody Allen. Um, their father is Andre Previn. Their, their last name is Previn. Um, and Woody hardly even talked to these kids. It was a, and Mia has said himself, uh, Mia said herself that Woody didn't want anything to do with her kids that she had with Andrea Previn. He didn't want to be a second father to, to seven adopt to seven kids from some other guy or six kids. See, it's, it's even hard for me to keep the numbers straight, but Woody, Woody didn't want to be in, and, and Mia Sparrow's complaint. That's what, that's part of how she tries to make Woody Allen look like a bad guy is that she says he, he, he wouldn't talk to her kids that she had with Andre Previn. He was not interested, didn't want to know these kids. Um, so, and Sun Yi has said herself that Woody, she hardly even spoke to him during the whole time that he was with Mia Farrow. He, the whole time he was with Mia Farrow, he never spent the night at her apartment, even once. He he did not want to be involved in her family life. And so the idea that Sunni was in some way his daughter or that he was in some way a father figure to her, um, you know, that's a complete fabrication. Okay. Um so he never like the stories that the 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 stories of her in high school going to his apartment complex that security and door guys testified at the trial according to the doc that never happened at what point do you think he start my question is what point do you think he starts having a relationship with Sunyi uh, they're, they're, well, according to Sunni, her, her description of when their relationship started, she would have been about 20 or 21. They're, um, that's another complicated thing because her birth year was not recorded in Korea. So there's always debate about how old she was. Um, what was her assumed age in LA? I mean, in America? The age that they adopted for legal purposes was seven years old. Mia Farrow said she could have been as old as eight. At the time of adoption. Okay. So Mia Farrow, Mia Farrow said, there's a letter I show in my video. Mia Farrow said, she's talking to Nancy Sinatra. She said, probably between seven and eight, and we're going to go with seven. Um, after this, years later, Mia Farrow suddenly started pushing down the age to six and then to five. Um, because if she pushes the age down to five or six, then she can say when Woody started dating Suni, Suni was a teenager. If she pushes the age down to five. But the fact is, from, from what we know about Suni's uh, life in Korea before she was adopted, she was living on her own. She was an orphan on the street. She was surviving by herself on the street, uh, you know, eating out of trash cans. And, and, you know, she was completely on her own for a while before she went to the orphanage. So the idea that she would have been doing that at the age of three, you know, the, the higher age is much more likely. Uh, the, the the lower age only ever starts to come in in like 1996 when Mia Farrow is suddenly trying. She she wants that lower number because then she could say that Woody was dating a teenager, which is highly improbable. When, when they say that she came over to Woody's apartment when she was in high school, um, the high school thing, that's the same as saying, oh, she was a teenager. It sounds bad. Oh, she was in high school. Uh, but her, her schooling was delayed by several years because she came to this country at age eight. She didn't speak English or anything. So when they say maybe in her last year of high school, she might've gone to his apartment, but she still would have been uh, 19 at the very, very youngest, probably 20, maybe even 21 when they're talking about that. She didn't start college until she was in her twenties. So, you know, that, that's another example of just how they manipulate things. They say, oh, she was in high school. 
until she was a teenager. Yeah, but they they don't tell you, you know, she was a 21-year-old. I mean, you can be 18 in high school right now. I was 18 in high school. Right, technically, right. that catches me a case because they even told me, be careful what right. you do. Don't get some girl pregnant. Right. And, and even with Mia Farrow's revised timeline that keeps getting younger and younger, even in the most extreme revised revision of Suni's age, Suni still would have been at a minimum 19 years old when she started dating Woody, you know, which is, you, you know, you can say that that's too young. Woody was too old to date a 19 year old. It's still at least it's a, it's a whole lot yeah, different than molesting a seven year old. Yeah, I'm and, totally with you on that as well. That is a big there Even. Like, you know, people can go, like, when I talk about pedophilia, dude, I'm talking about panda shit, where you see pictures of young kids with black eyes from all those awful things that adults do to them. I'm not talking about 17-year-old girls going to see their favorite comic backstage and going home to their moms. I'm not condoning 30-year-olds hitting on 17-year-olds. I don't think it's right. Okay, but it's also not about these kids who end up in child sex trafficking and all that really dark art shit. Like, it's not the same thing. You can act like it's the same thing. It's not the same thing because someone gets to go home to mom and dad and others are just being churned out. And half these people you see on the streets in L.A., they've been used and abused. That's why I have a lot of sympathy for them because they're born to a world of shit, you know, so it's not the same thing. So when you guys start having the, throwing these words around, you're just doing a real disservice to what's going on out there. Yes, grown men should not be hitting on 17-year-olds, okay? It's not right. But don't even act like it's in the same fucking thing as kitty porn and all that shit, which is fucking super gross, man. So, yeah, I mean, I okay, all right, man. Right. I, and, and Pina, that's the people try to use the Sunni relationship as, well, you know, if, if he was a creep of Sunni, then he'd be a creep with Dylan. You know, it's you like like I just said. You know, you can say his relationship with Suni was wrong. You don't like it. She's too young, whatever. But he's been married to her for twenty five years. So a, a twenty eight year consensual relationship that started when she was twenty one years old. Uh, that's that's really different than compulsive, compulsively molesting a seven year old. No, I completely you agree know, with that. This is not. These are not similar things. Well, one thing way. that 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 also paints Woody Allen in a very darker light is his art. Like his art is very much about older men and younger, younger girls. And that is a big re cause you know, I always say, man, that a lot of art reflects the artist's life that they draw from. Now, a guy, a guy wanting to date uh, a eighteen, uh, you know, a thirty-six-year-old man being attracted to an eighteen-year-old girl, like that's not. But like, I mean, like, let's, let's face it. Let's not forget too. We're talking about a guy who grew up. You know, I mean, he's an old, old man. It was much more common around. I mean, even in the case of Mia Farrow, she dated Frank Sinatra. How old, how old was she, Rick, uh, when she started dating Frank age. Sinatra? Well, in the in in the official version of the story, Mia Farrow was about seventeen, eighteen when she started with Frank Sinatra. Uh, from stories of when they first met, people think it's more likely she was sixteen or fifteen. In her in Mia Farrow's memoir, she actually tells a story herself that Frank Sinatra met her at a party at her father's house when she was ten years old, and Frank Sinatra told her father, "Oh, pretty girl," and her dad was like, "Oh, keep away!" Like ha ha ha. When, when Mia Farrow was ten years old, Frank Sinatra was cruising her, you know. So it's it's actually worse than Woody and, and there's a lot, and, and that is something you gotta go about Mia 
probably has trauma in her life as well. And yeah. not, not oh, only dude, not yeah. only that with Sinatra, I mean, Mia's whole family is, well, that could be a whole other show. But Mia's brother was convicted about 10 years ago for molesting at least two little boys. She had another brother that committed suicide. Uh, you know, she, she's got like a laundry list of this, of this stuff. Of and darkness. A, a lot of darkness and, try, and you know, uh, sexual assault and all kinds of stuff in her family. So, she, yeah, so you know. she spoke out in support of Roman Polanski. Yeah, that okay. We're gonna get into that because that's very <laughs> fucking weird as well. So, uh, you know, her brother. I mean, let's let's not fucking discuss the elephant in the room. Let's. Her son is obviously Frank Sinatra's kid. It's like not even close. And so you have that relationship. You have a bunch of adopted children. A couple of them committed suicide, which is super sad, uh, super tragic. Uh, we don't know. Can you bring that up without mentioning, though, the allegations of abuse against Mia Farrow leveled by her son, Moses? I, I, Rick, if you want to chronicle those at some point, I'd love to hear it. I mean, that that's the most one of the well, most if, damning pieces of evidence against Mia to me. Well, I mean, if, you know... Uh, People like the Alan V. Farrow directors, the strategy is if you criticize Mia Farrow, then they say, oh, you're a misogynist because you're turning it around on the mom. Well, it's 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 actually very relevant if, we're, if the question is, was Mia Farrow the one coaching and abusing the kids or was Woody the one? You know, it's, it's relevant to look at uh, Mia's history. And the fact is, out of 10 adopted children, Mia Farrow, she adopted a total of 10 kids and then she had some biological ones. But out of out of 10 adopted kids... Uh, at least five of them either died tragically or they're permanently estranged and refuse to speak to her ever again. So that's like less than 50% of her kids are even alive and willing to talk to her. That's not a good average. That's, that's not a good track record, you know? There's some suspected um, suicides in there. So, I mean. uh, yeah, there's suicide. Uh, her daughter, Lark, died alone in a hospital from AIDS complications. I think she was like in her late twenties and she oh. died from AIDS. But the question is why was she, it was Christmas day when she died and she was alone without the family. So either she didn't want the family there or the family wasn't talking to her. Um, but yeah, she died alone at a very young age and then two others killed themselves. Um, you know, so this, this is not, uh, uh, and, and out of, out of the ones that are still alive, um, Moses and Sunni both have, um, you know, not not one or two stories if she did something that's kind of on the border. Moses has Moses has dozens of stories, like story after story after story of, of Mia uh, beating him, uh, stripping him naked, making him stand naked in front of his siblings, dragging the kids down the stairs in front of and walking what? them outdoors. The siblings. Uh, yeah, ma- making him, stripping him naked and making him stand naked in front of the siblings like as a punishment. Um uh, dragging the kids downstairs, locking them in the shed out back what? as a punishment. Um, I mean, he's got crazy stories. He's got dozens of these stories, you know. Um, so it's not just like a little thing or like, oh, people are picking on Mia. It, it's a, a lot of darkness, you know. And she made um, up stories. She made up stories that she was with Pops prostitution sony and all this shit where she was three years old it just doesn't add up if you add up all it up it just it makes no sense how are you going to be three? no yeah 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 mia's made up all these stories about suni's life in korea about suni supposedly had this prostitute mother and that would beat her and all this stuff um suni doesn't remember any of this so she has no idea where mia farrow got these stories you know so if you know, if the question is, is Mia Farrow lying? Well, you know, here's examples of how Mia Farrow operates. Just completely, if you, if you take all of Mia Farrow's interviews over the years and you read them back to back, 
Um, you know, the, the interviews will be separated by 10 years. So a lot of people aren't going to remember every detail. If you sit there and you read them back to back, uh, Mia Farrow's never told the same story twice, the same way twice. It's however it suits her in the moment she's telling it. You know, she, she, the, the variations are, are crazy, you know. Um, it's, it's just how she talks. You know, I don't even know if she thinks of it as lying. She just sort of modifies things to to suit whatever her audience is. Okay. And, and we we were about to hit on the Polanski thing. Did you did you have a, a route you wanted to go there? Well, no, I, I do find it absolutely insane that they painted it as everybody in Hollywood loves Woody Allen after the allegations, but then they show me a Far- did they even show me a Pharaoh uh support Wood um Roman Polanski? Oh no, no. Right, well, and see, all the and, dark and they, arts that Roman plant. I mean, dude, that guy, darkness, dude, darkness. And Mia, Mia Farrow didn't just support Roman Polanski. Mia Farrow, for for forty years, she testified in his favor at, the, at his trial. She testified again about him uh, returning to the United States. She there's a the Criterion Collection Blu-ray of uh, of Rosemary's Baby. Uh, they have interviews with with Mia Farrow recorded in 2012 where she just, she cannot shut up about how much she loves Roman Polanski. So this isn't like ancient history. It's 2012 for, for, for 40 years. She, she was like an advocate for this guy. You know, he, he's like her favorite person. She said he was a, a, a great human being and she wants him to return to America because he's a, you know, he's a gift to the whole, the whole world, you know? I mean, she, she loves him. So it's just um, for them to then be on their high horse about, Oh yeah, we're, you know, we we don't want to talk about Woody, but we're just doing it to help because we like to help abuse victims. They don't they don't care about any other abuse victim in the world other than their own, you know, their own vendetta against Woody Allen. All right, let's get into some of the the things that were talked about in in the doc. One of it is the discussion of of the the daughter being underwearless, her showing videos of her talking about it what are your thoughts on all that johnny brought up scenarios that don't make sense uh in terms of the train and all that stuff uh that scenario before we get into all the hearings and all that stuff that's the big thing woody allen's going down on his daughter uh a babysitter sees it what what what's up with that that's another you brought up like four things there. I don't know if I should pick or just go through them all. We got time, whatever you want to talk about. (laughs) I mean, like um, that's an example of how these stories all fall apart. When, if if you just hear the story, you're like, Oh shit, that's, that's bad. Her underwear was missing. That's, that's incriminating. Um, And the, the reason that it floats by and that it's, it sounds believable to you or it sounds believable to people that watch Alan V. Farrow is because to understand why it's wrong, you have to go into like the minutia and the little details and you have to compare the testimony. And once you start doing that, you see that, uh, you know, the four people that three people, the, the, like the underwear story to pick that one first, um, the story that Dylan's underwear were missing, um, three different people all told that story. They all had different versions. All three of their different versions changed over time. At one point, Mia Farrow said she was the one that noticed the underwear missing. At another point, Casey Pascal, who was her friend, noticed the underwear missing. Um, at another point, they said Dylan told them that her underwear was missing because she said she the underwear got wet, so she took them off. Um, 
you know, so there's like all these different versions. And if you just boil it down to like, oh, we came home and our underwear were off. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty bad. But that's that's not actually the story, you know, because there's there, there's the, there's that germ of the story. And then there's all the lies and, and craziness around it. Um, you know, like the train sets the same thing. It, it's I, I don't even we I don't even know if we should start on that whole rabbit hole. <laughs> but it's the same thing is is there's uh, she saw like what she described and what the actual train set was she describes an electric train set circling the attic and and rick if you just want to say why that's not possible you know logistically uh i think that would be a good way to just kind of right that well there, there's um <sighs> in, in alan v Farrow, they tried to make it like a big revelation because most okay so Dylan's brother Moses says that there wasn't a train set in the attic and Dylan, I don't, she never publicly talked about the train set until 2014 when she did her blog. So a lot of people said, Oh, she made this up. She added it to the story in 2014. And then in Alan V. Farrow, they bring out the original police report. And in the original police report, they do talk about a train set. So it looks like, Oh, well see, that's a lie. She, she did mention it before 2014. Um, that's not actually true because in the the train set that they were talking about in the original police report, um, the, the nanny, Christy Gertecki, she, she describes it in detail in the hearing transcripts. She describes a big, like a Kinner train, like that a, the kid sits in, that a, a kid sits inside the train and, and like wheels around with this huge, right? Um, that, that's what the nanny, and so the, the train set was always there in the hearing transcripts and in the police report, but the nanny describes it in detail. And, and, and it's a completely different tra- uh, train set than what Dylan Farrow comes out with in 2014. And what, what Moses said was, the attic was an unfinished crawl space. There were mothballs and exposed nails. There were no electrical sockets. So he's saying, you know, want to tell me how there was an operational electric train set going in circles, which that's what Dylan said in 2014 was there was a train set and it was turned on and she was playing with it and it was going in circles. Um, so Moses is saying, yeah, that's completely impossible. The kids weren't allowed to play there. There, there were no electrical outlets. Um, and then Alan V. Farrow comes along and says, well, but look at our original police reports. They mention a train. Well, if Alan V. Farrow has read the court transcripts, then they know that the train that was mentioned back in 1992, yeah, they, they did talk about a train, but it was a completely different thing than what Dylan is describing now. And it doesn't prove Moses is a liar because Moses's point still stands that there was no electrical outlet that, you know, Dylan's 2014 description um, is impossible, which is what Moses said. And even even just listening to myself go through all that, I know I probably lost you a couple times because it's like you have to go through all these layers of different testimony nope, and everything. That's, and that's why, why it's so easy to damn somebody with an accusation. Of course. Though, because disassembling it takes so much more time than leveling it. You well, know? dude, here's right, the truth, man. Exactly. What happens is identity politics is so many people are pure of heart, but there are agents out there that have no problems manipulating that stuff. Great example, it's a, it's Jesse a, Jackson, uh, Al Sharpton, the Tawana Brawley whole thing. Like, yeah. everybody wanted to believe her, and then it turns yeah. out it wasn't true. But the people who are rallying behind that believe she is pure of heart because the truth is most people are good people. Yeah, they're projecting themselves onto the that's person. the whole. That's why, like, politics, people, like, will believe, like, 
Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton. I'll throw Trump in there so everybody doesn't think I'm one side. You know, uh, both, uh, both sides of these people up there, they completely rely on you just putting a certain view on them that 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 you don't actually know them at. They're not actually like that, meaning you project onto them, right? So it's well, just, they're, they're exploiting they're exploiting people having a good impulse, which is somebody comes along and says I was molested, and you want to you're like oh my god I want to listen to you I want to believe you I want you, to you don't want to you. say oh shut up you're a liar you know, you know, you know you don't want to say that when you know, somebody comes out with a, a serious allegation, but they then people can exploit that like Alan B. Farrow exploits that because they know that you want to believe her you know so it's very very easy for them. Do, do you think before before do you think she one hundred percent believes? That it happened. I think that Dylan Farrow. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, you know we've seen again and again, like in the you know Mick Martin Satanic Panic preschool trial and stuff. If it, if a memory is suggested, especially to an emotional child, and and Dylan Farrow has to spend a year when she's seven years old going around to police and going to lawyers and 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 therapists and she spends a year telling the story to therapists and to doctors and everybody um yeah of course she's going to remember that it's true you know how could she not can you talk rick uh while we're on that subject about some of the evidence that she was coached i mean i mean i say some of because there's a lot well the um another thing you brought up was the the video of her describing it uh the video for the time that mia farrow took the video of her when she was seven years old um Mia Farrow's own lawyers during the hearing actually said that that video makes their case worse because that video, one of the doctors said that video is like an instruction manual on how you do not question a child victim because she's suggesting things to the ch- to, to Dylan. She's saying, did daddy do this? Did daddy do that? What about this? What about that? And so the doctors and Mia's own lawyers said, you know, you never ever do that with a child because a child doesn't understand what's happening and they just want to please the person that has a camera in their face. So you, you're saying, did daddy do this? Did daddy do this? And you keep asking her, you know, Mia Farrow spent three days filming that video stopping and starting she'd turn off the camera when dylan wasn't cooperating and she turned the camera back on when dylan was saying what mia wanted to hear and you do that for three days the kid's going you know what the fuck does this woman want to hear and so of course the kid's gonna say uh she gets asked 200 times did daddy did daddy do that did daddy do that yeah of course the kid is gonna say uh yeah okay daddy did it whatever you know um, you watch those videos, of, uh, the the video of Dylan in the Alan B. Farrow documentary. To me, Dylan looks like she's just like, can you please stop, you know, following me around with the camera? She doesn't, you know, she's not like crying or she doesn't look like she's talking about something traumatic. She just looks like she's uncomfortable to me. I mean, and, and that's why, you know, they had that video at the hearing and the video persuaded nobody, you know. Uh, all the doctors and all, all the people that were there at the hearing and saw that video were not convinced, you know. So that, that's what I have to say about the video. That happened the same as uh, Making a Murder with that Brendan Dassey. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. They asked yeah, them, Brendan yeah. Dassey, yeah. They just asked yeah. him, uh, he just asked, can I watch the WWE if I say yeah? Yeah. And he's yeah. like, yeah. We're talking and, about a guy with the mind of a child. Yeah, of course. And it's yeah. fucked up. 100%. We're, what There was also, am I wrong, Rick? Uh she had a history of of coaching uh, the children, though, right? Am I, I, I remember something. That's a, yeah, that's another thing that Moses and Sunni, Sunni have both described is that Moses said um, when she would punish him, she would tell you know she would 
tell Moses, did this happen or did you do this? Moses would say no. And she would tell Moses, okay, this is the story that you're going to say. And she would tell Moses, you know, this is, and she would coach him over and over until he told the story she wanted. She would um, coach him. She, she'd beat him. She'd keep him up at night, sleep depriving him, making him tell the story over and over until he got the story, how she wanted the story. Um, He describes this happening many times in detail, you know, um, so, you know, as to the question of, I, you know, I don't even know that she specifically coached Dylan. Like she was like, Hey Dylan, you know, Woody did this. And, and I want you to say what he did, did this and what he did that. Um, she just spent three days asking Dylan, did, did daddy do that? Did daddy touch you here? Did daddy touch you there? And then from three days of footage, you know, she cut together the clips that she liked and made, and made a video. So let me ask you a question here. Um, in in the movie, it betrays that uh, there's this panel at some Ivy League school. I don't know if it was Harvard or MIT or Yale that has a board. And the way that they dealt with the child was unprofessional. And that when they announced their hearing, Woody Allen was right there trying to kind of go, hey, look, they said I'm not real, which... They said kind of came off as scripted theater. Mm -hmm. Uh, They really uh, portrayed, I believe it was Yale, they portrayed them as completely corrupt, bought out by Woody Allen. Uh, What are your Mm -hmm. thoughts on all that? Yeah, that's, um, gosh, I said the other thing is maybe the biggest lie that they say. This might be a bigger lie. Um, the, the doctor that was in charge of the team, doctor, his name is uh, Leventhal. I think John Leventhal. Um, he actually works at Yale to this day. He's probably the most respected person in the field of child abuse in the, in the whole world. He's dealt with cases like this for a 40 year career, this exact type of thing. And the reason that Leventhal was running the investigation with Dylan and, and, and Woody Allen was that Mia Farrow's defense team wanted him brought in. They chose him. The police and Mia Farrow's team chose him and brought him in um, because he's he's the most respected guy in the world to do this. Um, they didn't have any problem with him or with his techniques until he said, yeah, the abuse didn't happen. And then suddenly they had a problem. Um, he, he's done that same job at Yale for, for decades. I, I, I show in my video this huge list of awards that he's won, you know, he's won every award that there is. He's like the most, it's just, it's really funny. Cause he, he, you know, it's, he's, it's like, I don't know. It's like saying that, you know, Beethoven can't write music or something. Cause he's just like the most respected guy in the world. And so for these people to come out and say, yeah, Oh, they, they botched it. They did it all wrong. And for the idea that he was somehow working for Woody Allen, you know, it was the police and Mia Farrow that gave him the case. Yeah, I think that's um, the most they, damning piece of evidence. Oh, they brought him in. Damning. Yeah. They brought him in. Yeah. And now they're assassinating his character because he didn't he didn't come to the conclusion they wanted. Yeah, and and, and not only and the idea that uh Woody Allen's press conference was staged, uh that's that's laughable because what happened was the team um brought in Woody and Mia together. Woody and Mia and their lawyers were in a room together with Leventhal, and he presented the cl- conclusions to, to both Woody and Mia simultaneously. And the press was outside, and Woody and Mia both came out, and Woody and Mia both spoke to the press. Um so the idea that they somehow, you know, I don't know, I don't know what they're trying to say that they secretly gave Woody advance notice about their conclusion or something. It's just sneaky uh, editing. Mia, Mia it's was in the room. Of course. Of course. 
Okay. All right. So another thing that that was presented as damaging to Woody Allen was that he, um, the judge in one of the trials, or I don't know how many trials has been, says that he, because Woody was trying to get the kids, and the the basically the judge awarded Mia the kids and said that Woody Allen should not be alone with the children unsupervised. It did he say that? Is that really a part of the trial? And what what isn't true about that? Well, first, just to clarify, there um, there never has been a trial. Or because whatever that was, yeah. It, it was it was a hearing for for custody. It was a it was a you know divorce court or whatever uh, whatever you call it. Uh, it was a custody hearing. There there never was a trial because no law enforcement agency has ever been able to to bring him to trial. There's never been any evidence. And what um, for, and real just to interject, sorry, Rick, real quick. Why wouldn't they want to? Who wouldn't want if they could nail this guy? Damn, they don't you think they would, man? At this point, you know, finally after. Well, all, yeah, that's the answer. They would have done that. that the question answers itself. If they, if they if they could press charges against him, of course they would. Why? There's there's no reason that they wouldn't. They didn't press charges against him because there was no case. They never had a case. Um, what the judge in uh, the custody hearing? Well, for, first off, he didn't prohibit custody. Um, the he actually gave Woody supervised custody with Ronan. He let Moses decide for himself whether he wanted to to go with Woody. Um, he delayed the custody of Dylan for six months after which he was supposed to be reevaluated. He, he didn't say that Dylan was molested or anything. He said that Dylan should go to, to therapy for six months because obviously she was having emotional problems with everything that was happening. So she was supposed to see a therapist for six months and then custody was supposed to be reevaluated. If the, if the judge had reached the conclusion that, yeah, you know, Woody's been molesting this girl, do you think he would say like, okay, maybe in six months it'll be all right? You know, <laughs> That's that's not what you say if you really thought that Woody was molesting molesting Dylan. Um, it was just that yeah, she needed some time. This was she was going through all kinds of problems. She was obviously, I mean, she she was in therapy before any of this started because they thought that she had emotional issues. Yeah, know? what was I mean? What were the? I can't remember the phrase. Something about her her overactive imagination. What were some of the phrases used to describe Dylan? Yeah, one one of the reasons that Dylan was in therapy was because. Um, more than one doctor said that she had problems telling the difference between reality and fantasy. And they said, one doctor said that she would launch into a fantasy story if you asked her something as simple as describing an apple tree. That was what the doctor said. They said, any any question you ask Dylan, Dylan's going to come up with a huge fantasy elaborate story, um, which, you know, which is relevant when the question is whether her, her stories about Woody Allen are true or not, you know? Um, and, and all the doctors that worked with her said she had a lot of problems um, dealing with reality. She would try to escape to fantasy stories constantly. So this is crazy. Uh, so we have this detective, right? This detective, he, or this uh, prosecutor he's on, you know, they show him when he's young, they show him now. And he talks about how he, why he didn't bring the trial uh, bring uh, why he didn't bring Woody Allen to trial, mm-hmm. and his whole thing was I didn't want to put the kids through it. What is your thoughts on that? I, I in the show that I thought that was really funny because the show 
Alan Vifero mostly has nothing new. Mostly everything in the show is from, has been around since 1982, but they did have a new interview with uh, Frank Mako is his name, is the detective. Um, and I thought that was really revealing because his, his story has always been, uh, we didn't want to go to trial because we didn't want to traumatize Dylan. Um, in the show, he says himself that when he would try to ask Dylan about what happened, Dylan refused to talk about it, refused to say that she was abused. Um, so that's the reason he didn't go to trial because his only evidence was the testimony of this child. And when he asked her, did this happen? She refused to say that it happened. So, you know, the whole, Oh, we didn't want to traumatize her. That's a, you know, it's a nicer way of saying it. It's a, it's a face saving kind of thing, but it's the, the fact is that they couldn't get her to say that this happened. And that's the whole case is her, is her saying that it happened, you know, um, the, and, and, you know, also, I, I should say, as to the question of whether or not Dylan believes she's telling the truth, I understand when she's seven years old that she's going to be confused, she's going to be scared, her story is going to change. She, even if it did happen, her story would change, she'd be scared and confused. Um, but when she goes around now and she's saying, oh, my story's been consistent from day one, I've never changed it, my story has always been consistent – uh, that's just a complete fabrication because she, every single detail of the story changed constantly. She never told the story the same way twice, ever. And, and that's I why encourage Frank you to Mako, watch his video because he catalogs these these changes. I mean, if you have the time to sit down for a couple hours and watch Rick's uh, video, he did just a wonderful job of cataloging all these variations in her story and, he's and got the him, holes in the, in the tale. Uh, he's got them you. separated by, uh, by parts as well. Damn. Damn. I do have it. I have it by chapters if you don't want to yeah. sit through the whole two and a half hours. But yeah, that's as far as the the question of is Dylan lying. Um, she, she has to know that that's not true when she says her story has always been consistent. She She's never, uh, up until a couple years ago, she's never told the story the same way twice. It's And a lot of times when they asked her, she wouldn't even tell it. At one point when she was seven back in 1982, she was telling the nannies it didn't happen. She said it, it, he didn't molest her. Well, two of the nannies, I think, or even one or two have said that Dylan told her, told them it didn't happen. And imagine now, Sam, just imagine, okay, so she's telling the story that way, saying it didn't happen. And then this mother comes along who wants to, who has reason to crush Woody Allen. He's, you know, she wants to destroy Hell, this guy. has no fury like a woman scorned. And that she's is got the a history true. of coaching these kids, beating them. She, she slapped, I mean, she would just beat Moses on his body. And she comes to you and says, like, hey, this is what happened, the daughter. At some point, you're going to, you know, I mean, at some point, that's just going to be your reality. And I'm, I'm yeah. telling you, dude, she weaponized this kid and launched him, you know, just pointed him at Woody Allen and blew his life up. Jesus, man. It's crazy. Now, uh, impl- they implied in the movie that, you know, Woody Allen is manipulating the media. Woody Allen's manipulating the doctors. What are your whole thoughts on that? I mean, of, um, of every big movie director in the world, Woody Allen probably has the least control over the media. You know, he had in the, in the show, they try to make this case that, oh, he's got this powerful publicist that's controlling what, what sees print. Um, you know, he had, he had one publicist, which is Leslie Dart. And all she ever did was, um, you know, 
people would email her asking her for comments and she would send back an email saying, if you like Woody's side of the story, here are some links. This is, this is Woody giving interviews about it. That's what she did. And they're trying to act like this is her like running some vast puppet master scheme to control the world's media. She sent an email. They emailed her. They said, what's Woody's side. She sent a link saying, here's Woody's side. I mean, that's literally, you know, this vast media yeah, yeah. conspiracy that's not, that Let's not pretend about. that Woody Allen makes blockbuster films. This is a guy who makes, they give him a limited budget every year. He scribbles down, he writes his scripts on paper. I mean, hand writes his scripts. This is, I mean, we're talking about an old-fashioned guy who makes, uh, relative to, you know, studio films, um, you know, independent films almost. This is not some high-powered, you know, Hollywood guy coming in. But he did have he really resonated with New York. New York yeah, and yeah. Woody Allen had a had a but he's never a, been like a, a Michael Bay type that could just go around squashing you know people. But he was. I mean, like to act like Woody Allen didn't have power, Johnny. Is crazy. Oh, I'm not acting like that. I'm I'm saying though he didn't have he does. This is not a guy with some massive PR team, you know, or surrounding him. Def- he, he had, he had, he had, he had power. He had lots of people in New York that loved him, sure. but you have to look at it relative to, you know, when they're like trying to talk about, Oh, he manipulated the investigation at Yale. He manipulated the investigation in New York. Not that kind of, problem. you know, they're, they're talking about him controlling like every cop and judge and doctor and lawyer in two different States. You know, uh, uh, Woody Allen's, he's a millionaire, but he's not, he, you know, he's not fucking Jeff Bezos or something. He's not like running every political institution in half of the half of the country. You know, um, I, I really don't think he could say that. Oh yeah, you have you have great evidence that I'm a child molester, but I'd like it to go away to to all those people. You know, I, that that's a, such a crazy stretch. Wasn't the only interview was in Argentina, like that? Uh, or oh the. If from from like 2014 when they started to bring it up in the news again, yeah, he didn't he didn't talk about it at all. He did one interview in on, on Argentinian TV to talk about his movie at the time, um, and that that was the only time where he talked about it. Because you know the pharaohs are always trying to say like, yeah, all all you hear is Woody's side. Woody's constantly in the media, constantly feeding you his story. He doesn't even talk about it. They have to make him talk about it. You know, he he's sick of this shit. Yeah, the guys are reckless. You know? I mean, he doesn't want to go talk about this interview. I, I, if you're in a, one of the best points is brought up in one of the interviews he did in the '90s on 60 Minutes. It, I, I, I think you, if you can just poke holes in that day, you know, where he supposedly molested Dylan, then this whole thing just falls apart. And I, I think this is another opportunity to do that. Rick, could you talk about how just just describe the emotional climate in that family at the time he was alleged to have done this and how improbable it would have been that he would have been left alone with Dylan uh at that moment you know and, yeah, and also well, if you I mean, could also mention the note she left uh at the party sure, yeah. uh, on the wall I can tell that story yeah please do um I, yeah i mean as to like the issue of the stories changing um you know after his affair with Sunni was discovered understandably Mia Farrow hated him. They were they were at war with each other. Um, so on the day when he supposedly molested Dylan, um, he was in a house, he was only allowed to see the kids when there were they had two nannies there. They had a tutor there, like six kids. Um, Mia's friend, um, maybe seven kids. The house was full of people, and all of these people were told, uh, "Keep your eye on Woody because we don't you know we don't want him here." Um, Woody was the enemy in a house full of Mia's friends and Mia's employees. 
um, that were all told to keep an eye on him. And originally, when it first happened, um, Christy Christy Grotecki, who was Mia's uh, Mia's nanny, Christy Grotecki said that uh, Woody and Dylan were never out of out of her sight at the same time. Um, then a few months later, Christy suddenly remembered that they were out of sight for ten minutes. And then 10 minutes turns out it's not enough time for all this to happen. So the 10 minutes turned into 15. It took about a year before the 10 minutes turned into 20 minutes. You know, but if you read everything she says, you can watch the window getting bigger and bigger over the year. Um, But yeah, the idea that he was even out of sight with Dawn is just silly. He, he, you know, the, the thing about him being with his head on Dylan's lap, um, they were watching TV in the living room with five other kids there. So the idea that he was like doing something, Woody said himself that he, he was sitting on the floor in front of Dylan because the couch was full of kids. All the kids were there. And he said he leaned his head against her legs, um, you know, cause he was sitting on the ground. His head was next to her legs. Um, but the, the reason he was on the floor is cause it was a room full of people, you know? And then, and then you watch the interview and then gradually this gets changed to like his face is in her lap and some kind of, I, I don't know exactly, but um, actually, that's how these stories evolve. If you could hit on that note real quick, though, because I think that note is fascinating that she left. Oh yeah, Mia Mia Farrow. Um, months before this happened, could you could Mia you try Farrow, to find this XG? Sorry, sorry. Could you try to find this XG? Uh, just type Mia Farrow. M I A F A R R O W. Note. Uh, Woody Allen, something like that. What? What? What are we talking about? It's this. It's Rick. Could you explain it? Yeah, she she left a note um, months before this, after the Sunni thing, when Woody when Woody was at the house, uh, when he was asleep in the middle of the night, she left a, a note That's on it. his door. It said "child molester at birthday party" and that he's fixated on the youngest daughter. Um, oh yeah, it's that one right there. I can see it. It's yeah, the, with it. the red writing. Um, but yeah, she left a note calling him a child molester uh, like three or four months before the whole thing with Dylan ever happened. Before the whole thing happened. And then, and then, uh, and then she left him alone. Do we got to? We should say that too, Rick. That she she left him there with her kids. That well, day. what happened is she yeah three three months after she she says that he's a child molester. She after she says that, then she invites him up to the house where where Dylan is there, and then her and her friend Casey Pascal decide they need to go out shopping. Yeah, and they leave and leave up. Dylan at home. Um, for three months after she says he's a child molester, then they decide they have to take a shopping trip while dealing with Dylan's Sam, home. Sam, can I just know? Can you absorb that for a second? Think about that. She said three months prior, he's a, she left that crazy note, child molester at birthday party. And then she invited him to the house and left him there with the kids. Can you imagine doing that? A guy that you really thought was a child molester, oh, yeah. leaving him alone with no, your two I daughters. No, I could never do that. Set up. Even if the nanny was there. Yeah, you'd never if, not yeah, it, in a million years would you do that? It was it was a setup, and it was a setup that didn't work because she thought he was supposed to be at the house earlier than he was. But the, the phone records and the records from his car show he actually got back to the house about the same time that she got back from her shopping trip. Exactly. So she she was trying to set it up so that he was home alone with Dylan, and actually he never even was home with Dylan alone. He got to the house late. He got to the house uh, about two hours after she went to the shopping trip. Uh, let me ask you something. So, why hasn't uh, what's her? Why hasn't uh, what's her name? Uh, Dylan Farrell press charges. Does anyone ever ask her why aren't you pressing? Char- see, see when the whole thing with Kavanaugh was going on, 
And uh, that lady was works with the CIA at Stanford, uh, the woman who accused Kavanaugh. And Kavanaugh's a scumbag, so we're not here defending him. He's a pure, 100% deep state scumbag. But that whole was done theater, so nobody actually looked at like what his actual views were on stuff. So she came forward, did that. So everybody in Hollywood ran with, with uh, sexual uh, misconduct and stuff like that. But, you know, what she said he did, right, she could still have prosecuted him and brought charges against him in Maryland, I believe it was. And she didn't. And to me, that says what you're saying is complete BS. So what about this woman? Why Has she ever addressed why you brought charges if you say what you're saying is true? She's... <clears throat> She, I don't think she's really been asked that question as an adult. What she has, uh, Kate Blanchett said something to the effect that um, I think that the courts should should handle this. If it, you know, we, we shouldn't be the court of public opinion. If this happened, then the the, the legal system should decide it. And Dylan said uh, that the statute of limitations was up. Um, that's true for a criminal case. It's actually not true for a civil case. Dylan still has eight or nine more years, I think, if she wants to make a civil case. So that, that's been her answer is that, oh, the statute of limitations is over, um, which isn't true. Just not true. Um, I think the obvious answer is that this has been so investigated and so documented. Uh, if she did try to bring a civil case, Woody Allen's legal team would have just mountains of evidence and it, you know it'd be thrown out of court in 10 minutes that's the reason has anybody at all come forward with any other allegations against woody allen no no, no nothing even remotely uh, similar to this and it, it's also worth noting that he was uh, allowed to adopt children in in two states, two different states. He adopted two more kids after this happened. So obviously the adoption lawyers and everything in those states looked into it. Children who now defend him vehemently. I mean, they're very passionate advocates for Woody Allen, these children. And, they're, and, they're, and Woody Allen's kids that he adopted later are very happy, well-adjusted kids yes. compared, compared to Mia Farrow's kids, exactly. half of whom are <laughs> killed themselves or, you know, whatever. Um so if you want to compare parenting outcomes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mia Farrell has a look of someone who has way too many cats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's exactly what it is. There's yeah. nothing about her that seems stable in any way. You know, and I, and I know there's going to be some people listening to this that could be, I mean, I don't know, thinking that maybe we're being disrespectful in some point. I don't, I don't, I, here's my whole thing, man. It's like, listen, man, we have to believe victims but we also have to really push back on false accusations. And if you want to live in la-la land and things that doesn't happen, because the truth of the matter is we are in a society, once again, where women decide the rules. And as of right now, I there's very few punishments for lying about this stuff. Yeah. Is, is there any? I mean, like maybe being sued, but, but I don't. Yeah, I think obstruction of justice maybe is something that you can get tagged with in some states. I'm not well, sure how that works. But what what would be the punishment if you ask? Like, let's say someone accuses let's me say of you, rape. Yeah, and I'm supposed to do ten, twenty years. Would right. you give her five, two years? But what? what is what is the pushback on that? Yeah, I'm not sure. And it's like even when you bring that up, women bristle at that. Even 
anything at all like that. And all I have to say, man, is to many of you ladies, some of you guys are going to, some of you ladies are going to have sons. And if you, with this Me Too movement, you are setting it up so your sons walk into every situation, two strikes against them. Instantly out the gate. Two strikes they're against them uh, with any woman there. And I'll tell you an example of this story. And I, I don't know if I told this here before, but I used to work at a, a, a restaurant called Boogie's Diner. In, in, have I told a story on here, Johnny? Uh, not that I, I remember. So. I would have remembered Boogie's for sure. So yeah. I worked at a, uh, an amazing restaurant in, at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. Oh, cool. Okay? Uh, this restaurant was cool because half of it was kick-ass diner. Half of it was a uh, high-end clothing store. And the women that worked there were all supermodels. And they would just talk to me. And I'd be like, I don't know why you're talking to me because you're so insanely <laughs> hot. And I mean, like, they would be like, uh, I don't want to get too crude. But they're like, like, they would eat their food leftover. And the guys would just eat up the rest of their food. Oh, they're like, so oh, gross. you eat our food? I'm like, I would eat your butt. Why do I care oh. about eating your food, right? Oh, no. Sorry about that, Ricky. I know you're a Christian. But um, <laughs> so I, I, um, I... Uh, so we one day they hired this woman, and the people were talking that she had left her last job at with some sexual like uh, accusing them of sexual harassment, uh-huh. and I'm like, oh god, here we go. So anyway, she was super cute. She was like a Vegas hottie, you know, which is like. They're like cute, but they look like dangerous, right? You know okay, where I'm saying okay. where they always have that blonde streak in there. Like they always have red hair with a blonde streak in okay. it. And That's they're only going to be hot till they're thirty, but they're hot. Yeah, they're hot at the moment. And uh, so she starts flirting with me, and I, I'm you know I'm young, dumb, and just <laughs> looking for always action, right? So we flirt. Yeah, we, we know how that rhyme goes. We <laughs> we flirt all the time, and uh, so one day she comes up. She comes up to me. Right, we're just starting our shift. She comes up and just grabs my ass, like full on what I call six packs. You bang when you want to grab a six Happened pack. Happened to me one time, yeah. Bang, grabs and six packs me. Right, and I laugh. So we start talking. We're flirting the whole shift. I go, hey, because I had a pet snake at that time. Yeah. I'm like, you should come to my my house and pet my snake. Right, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this couple heard that and was super offended and told the manager. Uh. The manager comes up, he's brand new, didn't know how to handle it, gave them a free thing, freaked out, hated me ever si- after that, just hated me, yeah, hated yeah. me, hated me, hated me. You proved you had a snake though, right? I did. I go, dude, I really have a snake. Yeah, I mean- so anyways, this all goes down. She walks up to me and goes, I just want you to know that what you said to me made me really uncomfortable. Uh. I go, I go, when you grab my ass... You made me uncomfortable, <laughs> and if I hear anything from you ever fucking again, I'll sue you all the way fucking for every fucking dollar you have <laughs> for sexually harassing me. She quit right there, and we never saw her again, that's, right? That's crazy. Right? But wow. that's where you're at, man. Yeah, dude. I, I, mean, I mean, I was in the Gap one time, and this group of women walked right up behind me and just put – this chick buried her hand in my ass, and they just laughed. They cackled like it was the funniest thing. Right? So, I mean, look at Derek Rose, man. This woman literally was like, she wanted to make him jealous. So you know what she thought would be great? Let him and his friends run a train on her. Oh, God, yeah. Right? Okay, last story. Yeah. La- la- I mean, that's just, the, that, that works. If you want to make your boyfriend jealous, that works. Yeah, <laughs> and then the last story is that this the, the Dallas Cowboy guy, uh, he this girl's like, put me in handcuffs, smack me around. What she didn't know is that he's filming the whole thing. 
So as soon as she got done, she ran right to the cops and said he kidnapped her and did all that. And then she sued, tried to sue him for We're filming her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god. So wow. I mean, but my whole point is that these things that rape really happens. Yeah. But when stuff like this happens, like how much of these Me Too outside? Let's take Louis C.K. because he came out and said I did that. Right. Let's look at all of them. Yeah. How many of them have actually been proved? I mean, Amber Heard lied about every moment of that. You know, there's generally a reason they get pursued in the media and not in court. And it's because they just don't and they can't have, reach the standard of evidence. That and then we have the ones where court happened, which was Harvey Weinstein, Ron Jeremy, and that guy from that 70s and show. And they nailed him to the wall. And they're all in court yeah. right now. But none of these guys are. Kurt Metzger got in a big, big trouble for that. Because you remember they were saying that about UCB, which they said yeah. about here and, he and said, the other and one? And all he said was, pursue it in court. Let's know? go to court. Yeah. And they lost their yeah. fucking skulls. The presumption of innocence used to be something that people held dear. You know, it was sacred. And, and and we've just for this issue, which I understandably is touchy, uh, people have just kicked it to the curb. Man. Dude, I I know guys that I, I uh, dude, I've been very vocal on the ones I think one hundred percent did it, very vocal, because the people who have come forward about them do not want press. They do not want to get. They're not trying to spin it into something like Chris fucking what's his face from. Uh, uh, after midnight, what's his name? Chris, Chris Hardwick. You remember Chris Hardwick? Oh, yeah. His ex-girlfriend. She just happened to have a f- film festival film coming out right before it happened. Like, these chicks don't know the difference between fame and infamy. Yeah. yeah. It's like you, you're spinning into something. Guess what? You don't go anywhere. You know it was getting bad when he's got it. Yeah. Come on. Like, that guy couldn't fight his way out of a paper bag. And she's like, he should have seen my intentions. Like, what would we mind readers right now, especially for women? Yeah, and I I, I mean, they're just now letting him crawl out from under the rock. Yeah, that barely. He, he's been under for... But the they're not going to allow... I mean, like, I mean, this new movie coming out that Chris DeLeo is supposed to be in? Uh, right? Yeah. It's just really ridiculous. Nobody... No evidence. Now, I like. Do these guys want to go to court for their freedom? I'm sure they don't. No, but- just because. I mean, if, if for no other reason than everybody's got some shit that they don't want mentioned in court. Because what happened? Any, That's almost why every, I'm brutally almost- honest about all my shit. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm constantly thinking I'm gonna get blackmailed on mm-hmm. something. Like, nope, I'm a weirdo in the weird shit. Here it is. Everything in court is fair game, and and that to me is another bullet in the gun. Uh, you know, of this argument we're having here. It, it, they would love to get Willie Allen a discovery man and and pick apart his personal life, you know. And 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 if they would have, you know, they could have, they would have by now. I real, I truly believe it. It just sucks, man. And and we should. I I just want to say this too. Pedophilia, philia. It's an obsession. This is a guy who has one allegation against him by a woman with the biggest axe to grind in the history of axes, and that's it. He's lived. A long, happy life with Sun Yi. They have kids. I mean, it's domestic tranquility by all accounts. They you have know? kids. That, they have kids that love him, and and they're, they're, his kids are both on Instagram, and they they talk all the time about how much they love him and how much they love their mom. They were doing Mother's Day posts, uh, you know, yesterday. Uh, they're they're totally happy. They totally love their parents. You know, if if he had uh, compulsive pedophilia. Yeah. You think that, and then he went on to adopt two more little girls. You think that they would just have some healthy, beautiful relationship with him? Of course I not. mean, it's an obsession. 
You cannot resist it according to, you know, everything we've read about it. I mean, it's just they would have had stories. And, I, I you know, I just want to uh, bullet – I have a few bullet points here that I want to get to before we get out of here. Uh, one of them is this mention that keeps getting brought up about how Woody Allen – and you can correct me on or, or give, fill me in on – I can't remember who leveled uh, this accusation, but that he had an inappropriately intense relationship with Dylan. And I just want to mention that – the inappropriately intense relationship was meant that they, he meant by that the guy who said it uh, that he was showing her non-sexual attention at the expense of the other kids. He was a little he favored her, not that he was abusing her. And they they keep throwing that out. Oh, inappropriately inappropriately intense because it sounds kind of yeah. naughty, you know. Yeah, because if if uh, yeah, you want me to tell the the whole story? Please, please where that do. Comes yeah. from? It's uh, you know I, I keep trying not to like run away and ramble because it's long things it'll takes a couple minutes to explain it we have time um, dude go for it <laughs> all right um yeah so the 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 idea that woody was inappropriately intense with dylan that quote comes from the uh, child therapist dr susan Coates. um that doctor was actually treating ronan farrow his name was satchel at the time but she was treating ronan farrow um and she dealt with both of the parents. She talked with, with Woody and she talked with Mia because she always, she, she was a child therapist for very small children. And she insisted on having the parents involved um, in the child's part in the child's you know process. So she said that Woody's relationship with Dylan was inappropriately intense because Mia kept bringing up that um, Dylan, that Woody only spent all of his time with Dylan and that Woody didn't care about her other adopted children. That's because, again, Woody didn't deal with the children that Mia had with Andre Previn. Mia only, de- I mean, Woody only dealt with the kids that he had, that he had adopted with Mia, which were Dylan, Moses, and uh, Dylan, Moses, and um, Ronan. So that was the idea that uh, he was inappropriately intense, was because he only paid attention to Dylan, didn't care about the other kids. He said that he wanted to spend more time with Ronan, but that he couldn't because um, Mia. Uh, had Ronan sleeping alone in her bed with her. Um, there's been other reports from the, the therapist has described this and a housekeeper and a nanny have all described that Mia Farrow would have Ronan Farrow sleep naked in her bed until he was as old as 11 years old. She also, Mia Farrow said that she wanted to breastfeed Ronan until he was seven or eight years old. Um, this has been nannies and housekeepers and the therapists have all said this. Uh, Mia also had her other son, uh, Fletcher, was another one of her biological kids, also slept in her bed until he was seven or eight years old. Um, it's only it's only the boys and only the white blonde boys um, that she has sleeping in her bed. Um, but that's that that was Woody's explanation of why he was giving all of his attention to to Dylan, because he said he would find Dylan alone outside of Mia's bedroom crying and Mia's door would be locked because she'd be in there sleeping naked with Ronan. So the idea that the inappropriately and, and the, the doctor that said inappropriately intense, uh, Susan Coates, she testified repeatedly specifically that it, when she said that she did not mean sexual, she did not think that Woody had a sexual problem. She said that inappropriately intense and that he, he had three children and he was only focused on one. So, um, but the idea to come away from that story with the idea that Woody had an inappropriate relationship is interesting because, yeah. you know, the, the, the core of the story that has several witnesses is the whole Mia sleeping naked with her Witness. little blonde boys. Yeah. And they um, lob, they lob that phrase out like a grenade in the documentary and in, in any story you read about this. 
I do think we live in a society where if a dad is overly affectionate with his kids, that people think there's something up. And it just really sucks. And I just see it all the time. They're like, dude, that's his, you know, it's just like that, that, that guy loves his kids. There's something, like as much as I, I hate Joe Biden, sometimes I get really angry when like they show him like kissing his granddaughter and they're like, oh, look at this. I'm like, dude, I mean, like, is that what we're going to get? Like, you're like, dads can't win. Either they're too cold or they're too over affectionate. Now, are there times where Joe Biden does some shady shit? 100%. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially when they're not your kids. But yeah, but when you keep saying that a guy kissing his daughter, like with the Tom Brady shit, when his yeah. son went in and kissed him on lips, everyone's like, oh, yeah. it's like, dude, that that guy loves his kids, man. And that's the climate man. that they introduced this documentary into, that climate that you just described. And it was the perfect timing to try to tackle Woody Allen yet again, you know, in this climate where... I mean, they couldn't have introduced it at really a better and time. And my whole thing, Johnny, because you and I kind of went at and when this thing was happening, uh, I was tweeting pro, uh, I, I was anti-Woody Allen, you know, but then that Q doc came out and I know everybody hates Q and I'm fine with that. But it's like, I also know that's a hatchet job like a motherfucker. That, you know, Q has, Q's like a baby on fucking Maury Povich that ha- her mom slept with everybody and like he has 19 fathers. Like everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. is the dad of Q. Uh, 90 guys have come forward saying, uh, I'm Q, I'm whatever, I'm not getting into that. But, you know, just like, I, I just got to question it, man. And uh, yeah. we have to have these discussions here. I also, she, me, Alan Dershowitz was her attorney. I just yeah, wanted to throw that out. Yeah, oh, yeah. Course, okay. Course, okay. Yep. So you're like pro Roman Polanski and you got Alan Dershowitz. I mean, and you have therapists and everybody saying you used to sleep naked with your kids. I mean, like, I hope people listen to this podcast long enough. I hope we didn't lose a lot of our female listeners, all five of them. Okay. <laughs> I hope that they stay. Because I think this is a very important story, and it's very a hard topic to do, man. It's a hard topic to do because I don't want to get in the place where we make uh, sexual allegations. Everyone's like, you know, you're not telling the truth. But it's also like we shouldn't just assume they're telling the truth. There should be a due process. You should support the victims, but you also should hold off on making a I This is my opinion. When it comes to sexual assault, I don't think the media should talk about it. And I, I think there should be straight up uh, some sort of way that that victims or, or alleged victims get their due process, get support, but also people who are getting accused get their time in court. I do not have the answer to that. For the protection of both parties, though. I mean, do you think if Mia would have dated one of like Woody's adopted kids, like if the scenario would have switched around, you think it would have been the same story? No. Like, if it would have been, yeah, you, you think they'd be pressing it as I much? I mean, a comedian Paula Poundstone was accused of, uh, of along the lines of this. She still works today. A lot of these guys are yeah. le- like, it's just. I got one more. Well, so, oh, so ahead, what, what, what you were saying a minute ago, I do think it's sad and dangerous that um, Alan V. Farrow uses all these home movies of, of, Dil- of Woody holding Dylan, Woody hugging Dylan and kissing Dylan. And they play these clips like in slow motion. Creepy sound, music. Sad, yeah. Creepy music. And, and I could take those same clips and I could play them at, at normal speed and put happy music. And it would be a clip of a dad who loves his daughter and yeah. is hugging her and is close to her. Man. And it's, it's really, I think really sad that people are always looking at like, 
he hugged his daughter. Maybe he's a per- pervert, you know? I mean, that, that's, that's upsetting that he can't hug his dad without, I mean, that he can't hug his daughter without wondering, yeah. is somebody going to put this in a documentary and, and try to make it creepy, you know? And people talk about, I mean, Woody Allen, he does look like a nerd, but the, the guy was a, I mean, he was a good baseball player. He was an, he was a jock, you know? I mean, he was an athlete. That's he's not a smart crazy. Guy. No, he was. He was That's a good baseball crazy. player. The guy was a good baseball player. <laughs> He's not, not I mean crazy. he's not he I, I he's he's I mean the I don't know. You don't I, I know just, you don't I know think, who he's playing baseball against. I think right if it's I like mean, other was, nerd dorks he could look like Ken Griffey Jr. I, I mean <laughs> I think that uh, and I and it, it's you tell me if I'm wrong Sam but part of why why they've had no problem stringing this guy up is a little or at least partly like I said to do with how he looks. I really do. He he just looks. He's kind of a nebbish sort of like a, a small guy with glasses, you know. Well, I mean, that's that's part of why I, I don't know how true it is. But Woody he does always insist that uh, he when he was younger he was a good athlete and he was a, a star baseball player and all this stuff. But it's because people think that his online that his um, persona in his movies is who he is, and he always tries to push back on that and say that he's not like that. And it's because it's the same thing that if he does a movie about an older man with a younger woman, uh, what you were talking about earlier, people are like, oh, well, that, that must be like a confession, you know? And it's no, it's it's a movie, and, and he's done 50 movies at this point. And out of 50 movies, um, he's done, you know, stories about an older man with a younger woman. He's done maybe like a half dozen out of 50 movies. That is but he, nuts. He's, but he's on every type movies. of romantic. Yeah, I mean, he had a time pairing. there. He did one a year, you know, and and I yeah, mean, he's done fifty movies. Yeah, so I mean, you know, that's that. I, I I want to for I think this may appeal to some of our listeners. It certainly appeals to me. This is and and I don't I don't I I'll say don't give this any weight. But uh, Woody Allen brings this up. I think in his 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 book that came out recently. Um, there is uh, Dory Previn who was uh, right. Uh, Rick, the the ex wife of Mia Farrow's ex husband. Am I am I correct about that, uh, Andre? Previn, uh, well, right? she 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 was Mia. She was Andre Previn's wife when Mia Farrow started. When Mia Farrow yeah. got pregnant yeah. by Andre Previn. <laughs> yeah, we should say that. Yeah, they were they were, that was an affair. Uh, she has this song that Dory Previn told Woody Allen that Mia Farrow would sing around the house in front of the kids. And here's the, I just want you to see if this rings any bells in, in similarity to the allegations against Woody. Uh, I'm just going to read these lyrics. With my daddy in the attic, that is where my dark attraction lies. With his madness on the nightstand placed beside his loaded gun in the terrifying nearness of his eyes with no window spying neighbors and no husbands in the future to intrude upon our attic. Now, she used to sing this creepy song about being with the daddy in the attic with trains and, and now, doesn't that? I mean, it, you can see how maybe they modeled this story out of this weird song. She used to sing that song naked That's, to the kids. Well, we don't know. I didn't say naked. I don't. I thought you said naked. No, no, no. 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 no I mean, she did weird stuff naked, so possibly. But yeah, it's that. I mean, I, to me, it's entirely it does, possible this whole thing just descends from that. Yeah, Dory, Dory, Dory Previn said that Mia used to walk. That, that was Dory Previn wrote that song, and she said Mia, Mia Farrow used to walk around her house uh, singing that song years before the attic incident was concocted. Um, I'm just going to read so, it yeah, one more time. A, With my daddy in the attic, that is where my dark attraction lies. With his madness on the nightstand placed beside his loaded gun 
Loaded gun. That's some that's some imagery there. In the terrifying that to their in the terrifying nearness of his eyes, with no window spying neighbors and no husbands in the future to intrude upon our attic. It's creepy, man. Something going on there. And 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 uh Rick, I just want you to Sam, I, I'm gonna just so we're not straw manning this and nobody can accuse us of that. You brought up when we discussed this, you brought this up in a pretty heated way that there were other girls and young women in the documentary that, sh- that according yeah. to you, brought accusations against Woody. Yeah, now, that now, blonde now, chick. Rick, can you can you just dis- disassemble that for us? Uh, if you have, if you have, the, yeah. yeah. The will so to. I mean, um, the one in the documentary. There's only one in the documentary. Uh, her name's Christine Englehart. Um, Woody Woody had a couple young girlfriends at the time. Girlfriends like uh, late teens, early twenties, but you know, legal, but totally legal, but very young. Um, girlfriends, uh, you know, no, nobody is debating that they're, they're saying that that's very different than molesting a seven year old, but, um, they all, they only had one of these young, one of, one of these women in the documentary because the other ones all still defend Woody. They love Woody. They say it was a good relationship. They say Woody didn't do anything wrong. Um, Stacy Nelkin's the other one. Now, St- Stacy Nelkin, she's the other one who was a young girlfriend that Woody had around the time. She's actually said Mia Farrow sent people that offered to pay her to lie and say Woody started sleeping with her when she was underage. Think and she it, refused dude. to do it because she said she still loves Woody and she and Woody never touched her until she was legal age. Um, so, you know, Woody, Woody uh, Mia was actually trying to get these girls to, they're trying to build this case that Woody's like always after the young girls. These are the things that and, didn't come together. This is why it didn't go to court because they couldn't pay anybody to lie about the guy. That's how good of a guy he was by all accounts that they couldn't pay them off to lie about him in court. You know, it was in a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, please Mia, go Mia, ahead with Mia that. Mia Farrow's, there's been multiple witnesses that said Mia Farrow's lawyers offered Woody Allen, uh, told Woody Allen that if he paid them $7 million that the whole thing would go away. Whoa. That happened. So do you do that if your if your daughter was molested? Do you tell them, oh, no. okay, my daughter was molested, but for seven million dollars, I'll forget. Distortion. I mean, yeah, and, and Mia Farrow, she's she's tried to act like Woody hurt her career and all this stuff. Woody, uh, Mia Farrow has always been a millionaire. She owned, I think, two houses plus a Manhattan penthouse or Manhattan, uh, you know, loft or whatever. The only way he hurt um, her career was by no longer putting her in his movies, and and that's another right. interesting thing, Rick. She went to makeup for a movie after these abuse. Right. After the abuse is alleged to have happened, she went to makeup for a Woody Allen movie after he was alleged to have abused her daughter. She went to makeup. That's confirmed. Can you yeah, imagine I, that, I, dude? After, if after, somebody abused your kid, you, would you go to work for them? Come yeah, on. Yeah, after after the the allegation of the attic incident was already public, uh, I think it was a couple weeks after that or a couple months after that. Uh, Mia Farrow showed up at the next movie for a costume fitting because yeah, they used to make a movie there. every summer. They make they made a movie together every summer, and so she just showed was up. He like, like, was he like, "Oh, what are you doing yeah, here?" Right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, come on, man. It, it's clear. It's not it, to me. This is just. There's no clear thing. And you were going to get into the Engelhart thing uh, before we kind of went off of course there because she. Oh, the I mean, the Engelhart thing. Yeah, um, yeah. The, I mean, Christina Engelhart. Uh, yeah, she said that for one thing. Um, the idea now is that Woody was somehow grooming her or Woody was pursuing her. Actually, Woody had no idea who she was. Woody, She came up to Woody at Elaine's and gave Woody her phone number. Woody didn't know her. He didn't follow her. She hit on him. And then, yeah, he called her. Um, she was very young, but she, she has said herself that they were legal age before they ever had any sexual contact. I mean, that, that she was legal age, you know. Um, so, again, you can say, yeah, okay, she was young. I don't like that. But... 
you know, very different very thing different. than what he's actually accused of doing. Right. And also, I, and I know this is going to be brought up, just Rick, uh, can you explain how that's not a true story that Woody Allen was on the Epstein flight log? Oh, the Woody Epstein thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, because you mentioned that to me a couple of days ago, and so I went, and if you guys want it, I have the Woody, I have the Epstein flight log and the Epstein black book. I have the full unredacted PDFs. I can send them to you. Woody is not in either. Woody, Woody doesn't know Jeffrey Epstein. It's total fantasy. Um, Woody and Jeffrey Epstein are not friends. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. That's so whole- funny. Do you guys know there's more female comics on that fucking, on those flight logs than there are male comics? That's interesting. Yeah. Kathy Griffin's on those flight logs, I've been told. Uh, Chelsea Handler, Wanda Sykes, and fucking what's her name that did the the, the Trump roast? Uh, the Trump uh, presidential president. Pres- Wanda Sykes? No. The, you remember the one she did? Oh, the- um, I know who you mean. Oh, uh, uh, B. Uh- Catherine B. Or no, 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 no. She. Uh, I have no idea. She talking. did the. Uh, remember, she got a lot of heat from it. She oh, did- oh, uh, the she's red. The redhead. Yeah. Oh, she did the 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 Washington Press Association. Yeah. Uh, dinner. Oh, fuck. she's friends with Ari. What is? Yeah. What was her name? I think he might have. Anyway. Uh, she's got the um. Oh. <laughs> a wolf. Mary? Wolf. Michelle. Yeah, wolf. Michelle. Wolf Michelle Wolf. Supposedly yeah. on there. You know, which is like where Michelle, I mean, I, I know talking about that New York comics are get pissed at me, but I mean, has she addressed that? I, well, thousands of people are on that flight log. Woody Allen is not one of them. I don't know if Michelle Wolf's ever said anything about it, but. Yeah. And, and to be clear, these um, Woody Allen has been photographed walking on a sidewalk near Epstein in public. And, and I mean, dude, everybody in new york at some point has been photographed with jeffrey epstein walking on the sidewalk in public they've never been seen palling around or anything like that they've never even been seen talking to each other i I don't think there's any evidence that woody even knows who epstein is all based on that one photograph i mean everybody knows who epstein is but i understand well i mean before all the news i don't think well i mean like i mean woody allen was in film i mean epstein had a lot of money i mean the notion that they couldn't come together the, you know, but is yeah, he on yeah. the flight logs? No, no. That's a totally different thing. I mean, Epstein loved comedy. He did. He would have brunches with com- with uh, New York comics. I've heard that. I've had people well, there, talk to him. There, there is one confirmed story. I think that Woody Allen was at an event that I think it was supposed to be uh, an event for Prince William was in New York, and Woody Allen was there. Um, and Woody Allen. The story was that he thought, you know, he was there to meet rich people for film financing and he was there. But the story of the person that talked about talking to Woody there said um, that he asked he had to ask who Epstein was because he didn't even understand who was hosting it. But he was. Yeah, that was an Epstein event and Woody was there. But I mean, that, that's hardly the same as, you know, they no, were. I mean, like, uh, dude, uh, I, I, it's like together. there's so many people that, you know, it's like. It's like L.A., right? They're like, oh, my God, somebody was here. Well, every every place in L.A. has some shit going on there, right? <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. I mean, I don't care where the fuck you are. Anyway, All right. I, I, Rick, I just want to say again, to if that would, it was so impressive what you did. I, how long did that take to make that video? <laughs> oh, God, a long time. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 mean I, I had a – it was just me and no budget just in my room making A project of passion. Uh, you're defending a guy that – 
that you know if you didn't defend him nobody you know what i mean nobody would ever know about it you you really you were really going out of your way to defend a guy that people were happy to kick around and you know i congratulate you for that because i i think a lot of people have encountered your video and and been at least at least softened if not converted to the truth on this issue so johnny's jerked off to your videos a couple times no i, I was just so it's impressed amazing with him, that he even you, you, you should check it out man because it's it's i will it's watch so hard what he did it we really will is. include them yeah. in the links i was unbiased but he definitely yeah that video helped me it's really it's damn coherent Johnny's I mean. side. okay man well you you <laughs> converted some people dude I've converted people, converted three people. Well, yeah. let's see how many. Uh, no, way more. You've seen your views, dog. It's been way more than three people. You want to share your Twitter, well, yeah. too, My, share my what? Your Twitter, if you, if, do you want the, the people of the Yeah, my, uh, sure. My, my Twitter is, uh, is Blood of the Land, which is a Bob Dylan reference, if yeah, they want yeah. to look at that. Um, and it, yeah, that's got links to my YouTube and to all that stuff, everything I do. All right, man. Well, you know, we came, we saw. We had a wonderful conversation, Rick. Thank you so much for uh, joining me, uh, joining us on the show. And I hope people uh, gave our give this episode a chance. I mean, we have a pretty open-minded group. I, I hope the females are okay with this because I know it's uh, a, a touchy subject. But we have the dangerous conversations. That's what the purpose of this show is, to have the dangerous conversations that you won't get anywhere else. Rick, again, thank you so much. Swarm, I love you very much. I appreciate everything. I hope to see you guys possibly in uh, Dayton, Ohio, and then possibly in, um, and then definitely in Houston with Eddie and XG. So I will see you guys soon. Take care, and thank you so much for your support. We go deep, homeboys. Open your mind. <laughs> Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. <laughs> That's some interdimensional shit. <laughs> Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hacking, foil hacking, foil hacking.